Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Well, my friends are gone and my hair is grey. I ache in the places where I used to play And I'm crazy for love But I'm not coming on I'm just paying my rent every day In the Tower of Song Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR Streaming live on 3cr.org.au my name is Joseph Scanner. The Empress Dale Bridge is with us. How are they, Madam Empress? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, Joseph? You're actually looking better every week, and I look older and more <laughs> decrepit. Can Can you tell me what the elixir of life is? Punk rock keeps you young. Does it? Mm-hmm. How, does it give you arthritis? Oh, that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> now we've got a a guest, like we have, a sacrificial lamb. A man who's about to be sacrificed on the altar of indifference, <laughs> Mr. Gregory Rolls. Yes, thank you very much. Greg, <laughs> I thought I was going to have an easy interview because usually I get people that I just can't pronounce their names, mm. you know, Spanovich or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I thought Rolls, Rolls, R O L L S, and somebody slapped me across the face and said, You're wrong, Joe. How do you spell your surname? Yeah, it is R O L L E S. E-S. Yes. Where did that come from? Uh, if you believe a family member, it's a uh, it's we're descendants of uh, of European royalty. Um, <laughs> said, said family member has spent time uh, in, in prison? prison for fraud, yeah. but yes. <laughs> I'll stick with that story. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, enlightening us about your royal connections, <laughs> Your Highness. Yeah. Now, just, we only ask two questions in the program. Mm. One takes ten seconds, and the other one takes fifty-five minutes to answer. Mm. So just just to orientate our listeners, what year were you born? Uh, 1981. 80, could you repeat that? No, 1981. You're not even 40. Not yet. What are you doing here? You haven't got a life to tell. I know. I, Everybody I who's under 40 doing. doesn't have a life, do they? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No. Uh, yeah, right. Au no. contraire. Au contraire. Well, Empress... You, we cannot compare ordinary mortals with you. No. I'm not even talking about myself. We've had some incredibly interesting guests yeah. under the age of 40. Even under the age of 20. Exactly. Mm. It makes me feel pathetic. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now, you don't there are need some guests amazing, to make you feel that way. There are way. some amazing young people who are much younger than me, and I look at it and go, wow, you know. Yeah. When I was that age, I was... Well, hopefully, hopefully you look at them in a platonic sense. We I do. We but don't I'll, have I, that type of thing on this program. I look at them, right? and, I, and I think when I was that age, I was scratching my bottom and trying not to walk into doors. Yeah. And right. here they are doing some that. amazing things. Now, talking about scratching your bottom, what's the earliest thing you remember? Uh, oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I grew up in Goulburn. So... No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Of course you know. You're the only one who knows. What's uh, the earliest thing you can remember? What's the... uh, I remember dr- looking down my front yard. Uh, Your and front yard? Yeah, yeah my yeah. parents' house. Oh, right. Okay. I was li- they let me live there at the time. I was about yeah. three yeah. or four. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, looking down the hill. And I associate that memory with the time where I think I, I accidentally let the handbrake off the car. <laughs> Which I was told about later, so I associate that memory of looking down the hill. Yeah, it was a bit yeah, of a hill, yeah. and 
and uh, you know the car sort of running into the fence, which I think I might have had something to do with. All right. Does that explain your later projection in later Possibly. life? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. 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 That is a good. That's a first. Going memory. downhill, you mean? Or? Yeah. No. 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 Head injury. Moving. Yeah yeah. 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 Head injury. There we go. You know, hitting an immovable object with the car. Yeah. No seat belts in those days. No. You know, three or four, you wouldn't have a seat belt on. That's right. So <laughs> where was this? In Goulburn, in Goulburn. New South Wales. In New South Wales. It's about ninety kilometres north of Canberra. Is, is it, are your parents still alive? Yeah. They. Yeah. They don't live in Goulburn anymore, but they're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. You want to say anything about them? Or? Uh, I love my parents dearly. Um, <laughs> both both good working class folk who uh-huh. did really well. What, you know, what, what did your, what your dad do? Uh, he worked for a long time in the mining industry. So uh, what underground? No, or? in an open one of the world's one of the world's largest open cut limestone mines near uh, near Marulan. So mm-hmm. in uh, the beautiful Bungonia Gorge, which mm-hmm. they were digging up. Do you have any memories of him coming home from work? Yeah, I mean, I remember before that he was on the railways. Um, he was a fettler and then a driver on the railways. I remember Dad coming home late, sort of uh, some nights after you know after a big shift, and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, Christmas mornings. One morning, getting up really, really early because Dad had to go to work at four a.m. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I, and I remember Dad. You know, Dad always went to work. He was always mining or. Um, coming home dirty and, you know, glad yeah. to be home and out of that. So, yeah. yeah. Bit of asbestos on his clothes, spread it amongst the family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> limestone, story. which is probably, you know, yeah. limestone dust, which is probably just as healthy for you. Yeah. And mum, what about her? What's uh, her name? What's mum, her? Mum's name's Tony. Mm-hmm. And she spent her whole working life in uh, administration in uh, the New South Wales hospital system. You'd pull your hair out in that job. Yeah. Well, I think she'd say she was doing it for her kids, yeah, um, yeah. you know. So, but she... Did pretty well working in um, Golden Base Hospital. So mm-hmm. uh, biomedical is where I think she spent the last lot of her years doing the administration there and quite, I think she became quite invaluable. Like when she left, they were a bit like, mm. you know, I think they even didn't fund her position. So all the biomedical technicians had to do the job themselves as happens right, right, right. with uh, streamlining and stuff. So right. she, yeah, but she... She was, um, you know, again, solid worker, turned up every day for a family, I'd say, she'd say, yeah. So how many of you little brats were there? It was just two of us. Just Just two of you? Yeah. Two adults had to waste their whole life looking after you two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Is the other one younger or older? She's two years older. Two years older. Did she give you curry? Uh, Yeah, she still does. (laughs) It was an example of what the interaction was like as kids. Uh, I think I hear lots of stories now about where I was giving her curry. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, she's my sister, and yeah, she's um, she's great. So, mm. oh, well. well, I don't understand why you're here. We usually have dysfunctional people as guests. And the fact is, you've got a normal. I'm covering it well. Yeah. <laughs> what did you go to preschool or uh, so, Yeah, preschool. Um, I don't actually in remember. Goldburn, in Goldburn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I went to um, a play play group, and then preschool, and mm. then you know. Mm. 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 Public schooling all the way, mm. Um, mm. Uh, mm. you know, Bradfordville Public and then Mulwari High on, School. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm hang just on. saying public schooling's great, we've Joe. Got, yeah, I understand <laughs> that, but we've got, we've got 50 minutes to fill. <laughs> I've got to fill it. I've got to ask questions. If we keep it, you keep it this right, you'll be out of here in 12 minutes. Yeah. And then we'll have to play music. We never play music <laughs> on this program because I like to upset Dale. Oh, she yeah. loves music. I hate music. I like music too. I always Dale, thought the right. Taliban and Cromwell were right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I have a friend who says, you know, the Taliban, crazy on lots of things, but they did hang the TV up, TVs up by the wires and smashed them up a bit. Yeah. yeah. Now, getting back getting back to uh, primary school, that was a public primary school? Yeah. What was that like? 
Um, I remember it as being fairly good. Um, I think I got picked on a bit at primary Why school. Why would you get picked on? You're a nice Anglo-Saxon boy with orange hair. Yeah. Well, I used to actually get picked on for my nose a little bit. Um, what, what's wrong with your nose? Uh, I used to, used to get a bit of bung nose and that kind of thing. Oh, so. Bung nose. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah. Gen- that was about it. Um, and, you know, maybe... Uh, I'm not really sure why I got picked on. I, I had friends and I, just my memories of primary school are not great, but yeah, I'm sure. So obviously Aboriginal children weren't very well liked in Goulburn. Well, yeah, they? I'm not Indigenous. Like, I'm sure yeah. it's there somewhere. I don't yeah. identify, but no. yeah, no, there was definitely a working class uh, white place where, you know. Yeah. Um, the you, Aboriginal was not... No, not yeah. something that... that uh, you were proud of, you know, mm. so, and it's a reason, you know, when, when I've asked, I've asked my family, like, where does the nose come from? What's our heritage? And my grandmother sort of offhandly says, oh, we're a bit Spanish, which is something I've heard a lot of from people. So it's Spanish. Yeah. Bit Spanish. Yeah. Gypsies. Yeah. bit Spanish. Which is because we're my North, grand, North African, yeah. you know, a generation or two to say I was indigenous was, you know, you, you don't go around saying that you get no, smashed and no. beaten up and you, you know, you can resolve this problem. How's that? DNA. Oh, yeah. You're going to give me the, what is it, 200 bucks or something you need, Joe? Well, I'm happy. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a fundraiser for you. If, you, <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got issues regarding your heritage, well, we can, uh, uh, yeah. we can resolve it. People, in the good old days, you couldn't, but today you can resolve it. Mm-mm. Bang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? oh, I'm quite, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to know. And also, I'm quite proud of, uh, I don't know, I'd love to know, actually. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll see if we can find the 200 bucks for you. That'd be good. So, We're, did you excel at anything at primary school? Uh, computers actually the Apple, what? The, what? The, the Apple IIe's yeah excuse me I got a computer license when I was in year 5 yeah you know I, I thought of myself as a cricketer um, you know Shane Warren was bouncing around either around that time or just after I can't remember whether it was that or high school so what were you doing you were doing you were a spin bowler or something leg spinner what in primary school I think so I can't remember whether it was that or was early high school but mm. I, I you know I had a big thing for Shane Warren and Did you? I wanted, yeah. I wanted was it to platonic hopefully uh, well, actually, that's a bit of a judgment. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, come well, on, Joe. You know. No, but no, I, I, I wanted to throw throw the big leg break and the big googly. But uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I've never heard it called that before. I wanted to get a flipper. Flipper, that's right. Yeah, how about a Chinaman? Uh, I don't. Oh, I, I, you know, I thought three CR was. Uh, I, you know, I don't. I think they don't use Chinaman anymore. Is the is no, no, they, no. they call it left-handed wrist spinner? So. The left-handed wrist spinner. That's yeah, right. I've always wondered where that came from. You know. Yeah, I'm not sure whether you it's know? racist or anything. But. Yeah. Well, 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 you know, perhaps. perhaps. Why would a left-handed wrist spinner be a Chinaman? Uh, I think if you ask left-handed people, they talk about biases against them as well in uh, our society. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, when you raise that. You know what the the Latin for left is? Sinister. Sinistra, mm. which is sinister. Yeah. So all your left hand. And the people. Romans loved, they had the big right hand on all their things because right. they loved the That's right hand right. and left hand. Right. And I remember, people. not that anybody's interested, I remember in primary school I was actually naturally left handed. But when you went to primary school in my days in the 50s and you were naturally left handed, you learnt to use your right hand because rulers would come raining down on your left hand. Mm, it's interesting how things you. have changed. Yeah. 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 Mm. So in Italian, there's a, there's a word, manguzzo. Which means left-handed. It's kind of a derogatory term for mongrel or something. No, I don't know. Just mongrels. If you're left-handed, you're a mongrel. So there's all. It's interesting with language. Sounds like mongrel. So apart from cricket and computers, oh God, you would have flown into secondary school. Where'd you go? Goldberg? Yeah. 
No, well, there's two two public high schools in Goulburn, Goulburn yeah. High and Mulwari High. Uh-huh. So you went to Mulwari High. I went to Mulwari High. Why Mulwari High? Uh, that's just the one I was closest to, you know. It was halfway between it was halfway between my primary school. Like mm-hmm. I lived halfway between my primary school and the high school. So yeah. Is there, is there any story to the the word Mulwari High? It's the indigenous name of the area, um, which means linked uh, a linked set of ponds, I, I believe is the, the term. Linked set of ponds. If I if I, I, I a linked set of ponds, and yeah. um, you know, there's not many stories. The yeah. the the first peoples were wiped out pretty quick after colonisation because yeah. you weren't far from Sydney. We were very close to Sydney. It was close yeah. to where Macquarie declared war and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, there, there's a hill in Goulburn called Rocky Hill, which I only recently discovered in the last twelve months when I went back on my driving through, mm. and I took my partner Jess up, and I'm like, I want you to see Rocky Hill and check out the view of Goulburn. And there's a sign there now. It's saying that this is a sacred male only site mm. so which i didn't know my whole life living mm. in goulburn until mm. i went and read that sign hopefully you were going yeah because if your partner if your partner yeah yeah, yeah. 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 but we found, i only found that out recently which Research. i think is pretty amazing it, yeah. is, it is amazing well what is amazing is that um what was known but not spoken about is now spoken openly mm. in, yeah not, not everywhere but it's beginning to be spoken openly and you mm. got signs like that and people are beginning to recognize that we do have a forty to fifty thousand year history before white colonisation. Yeah. So in secondary college, did you? Uh, how did your cricket career go? Uh, I, I tried out for the for the for the uh, cricket team once. Once. Yep. I went in. I went in as a leg spinner, which my dad said I should have just gone as a batter. Anyone can hold a bat, but <laughs> I bowled. I bowled one delivery, which went four to five football fields down the leg side of the batter, right. and then I went back to to bowl a second one. I saw my name had already been crossed off the list. <laughs> Which um, was really annoying because the next one was a doozy. Like yeah. it was great, but I looked around and my PE teacher wasn't even looking. So that was that was well, the end of my that's career. That's really scarred you. Yeah. I can tell when you were telling us about that, it was you know it's it's a pivotal moment in your life. Yeah, I well, mean, here, it, you were, here you were, Shane Warne devotee, mm, acolyte, yeah, practicing in the backyard, mm. left-handed wrist spin, a right-handed, googly, right-handed, yeah, yeah. googly, you mm. name it. And all of a sudden, it's finished. It really affected. I, I spent a few years teaching. It really affected that sort of thing. Is like, pay, try and pay attention to your students. Like <laughs> a basic thing. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I'm sure no one's so perfect. What, that was the end of your cricket career. That was it. I retired. Actually, I played later on. I lived in a country town, and I played, and I I bowled one more delivery, and then I retired. So my <laughs> so I got a wicket, and then you got a wicket. I got the last yeah. wicket of the match, and I retired after that. Well, so yeah. no more well, bowling. So my, undefeated. So my fifth class country uh, crickets. Scores are point one, one for none. Retired. So, Brilliant. You know, Couldn't it's a bit like a bit like Bradman. Eat your heart out, Shane Warne. Mm, mm, uh, absolutely. Eat your heart out. We got. We, we got. What's that? Greg Warne. <laughs> Greg Warne. Greg Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Gregory Warne. We'll call him. Yeah. Who's your friend there? Uh this is Rory. Hey, Rory. Hello. Speak close, mate. Hello. Yeah, Rory's come to keep an eye on Greg just to make sure he says the right thing and doesn't get doesn't get out of control. Isn't that right, Rory? Yeah. Rory and I have been to the cricket a few times in Melbourne, yeah. actually. It's yeah. one of, the, one of yeah. the highlights of hanging out in Melbourne, is going to the cricket or the yeah. football with Rory. What was your last uh, big cricket game with Rory? Uh, we went to see the West Indies play last year, didn't we? Yeah. 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 How was that, Rory? Did you like that? Coming close. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who won? Do you remember who won on that day? Well, we left halfway through it. We did. We did well, leave halfway hey, through hey, it. What's going on here? <laughs> what did you leave? I don't know. You got well, bored. It was pretty close to the end when we left, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. We'd had enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's about cricket. It is boring, isn't it, Rory? Football's better. Yeah. All right. And what was the last game you two saw? 
Collingwood versus Hawthorne. Oh. Just gone. The one just gone? Yep. The one they lost by a point. I'm a Collingwood supporter. And you lost by a point? Yep. It would have been heartbreaking. Good heartbreaking. Game, it was a good game, yeah. I mean, to see Hawthorne in the top four makes me sick. <laughs> Who do you vote for? Oh, don't ask Richmond. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they laugh. People laugh. I say Richmond, they laugh. Everyone's got a soft spot for the Tigers because they're so pathetic. Uh, I'm not being from Victoria. I went for a job recently, yeah. and, and one of the questions they asked was, what team do I support? Get out. And yes. I said, I don't support a team. <gasps> And oh. they said, oh, you're not doing so well. And I went, oh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I actually support Richmond. I just don't like to. And they all laughed. <laughs> got me through that ah, bit. very good. I should have very said good. Collingwood, shouldn't I? No, no, no. The fact no, well, that Richmond, can work against that, you. That means you're a true Melbourneian, you know? Yeah, you know yeah. what hard I can pay. It's not as bad as St Kilda, but that's another story, <laughs> you know? That ball. I don't know if you remember this, Rory. Remember when they were in the Tide series? Grand final. The grand final. That ball could have gone one... That, I think it was Milne kicked it, didn't he? Yeah. Could have gone one way or another. And it went the wrong way and St Kilda's gone. Because we beat them the next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Quite thoroughly. You, you destroyed them. But if that ball had gone the other way, Rory, it would have been a different story. Yeah. Different story. No, I know nothing about football, but having hung around Rory, oh, I've could, heard about. I've heard this a lot. Leave? Can you leave? <laughs> I'll see you later. Yeah. I mean, I, I twenty ten was a good year for but, Magpie supporters. Was it? Are you a Magpie supporter? Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> I made the I made the foolish um, decision to uh, barrack for the Magpies when I was a youngster. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't living in Victoria. I had no, no idea the repercussions. No. Once I got down here, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise. Yeah, That's the sort of thing that can get you, you know. Yeah, but Empress, I've seen you smile and you've got teeth. <laughs> and they're not mine, Colli- mate. <laughs> oh, right. That's okay. <laughs> How could you be a Collingwood Rory, could you smile and see if you've got, got a lovely set teeth, of teeth? Yeah, he's got a good smile. Are you sure you're a Collingwood supporter? Joe, yeah. this is 3CR. Try not to perpetuate stereotypes. <laughs> well, I'm just telling the truth about Collingwood. <laughs> they're not stereotypes. Collingwood's awesome, isn't it, Rory? Yeah, uh, okay, it's awesome. I, 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 one, 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 one little more story. We had to go. We actually went to the members' stand to watch the football. Uh, nice. Very nice. Thanks to my friend Rory, but um, we didn't have collars on, so we had to dash out uh-huh. and get Collingwood top. So I think that makes me a Collingwood supporter. I've got a Collingwood top now. <laughs> I've now got listeners help me. There are three Collingwood supporters. <laughs> the doors are locked, and I'm stuck with them for another 39 minutes. I am worried. Live, is this someone live radio? Yeah. yeah. This is live, Rory. This is, we only do live, and there's no ads, no music. We just ask questions. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now let's get back to this Gregory fellow. So what year did you finish high school? 1999. In New South Wales? Yeah, in Goulburn, yeah. It's still, was it Mari or Maury? M- Mulwari. Mulwari. Hi, Mulwari, hi, yeah. Uh, hi, hi, hi. Yeah, well, it is podcast. People can listen to it, and it's also on the net, 3cr.org.au, goes live. Yeah. So uh, how did you go at year 12? Uh, you know, I got a 70 UAI, which got me into an arts degree. Um, oh, so you did poorly. Yeah. I could have done better. <laughs> Well, was that better. on your report every year? Could have done better. Yeah, it still is, I think. Yeah. Uh, is my personality type. I'm like, oh, you could have done better. Come on, Greg, what were you doing? Yeah. Yeah. If only you applied himself. Yes, if only I'd applied myself to my studies. Yeah. So, But yeah. I got I got an arts degree, which I then hang dropped, on, hang dropped on. out of. But... Greg, Greg, you're just speeding through your life. You've only oh. been on the planet for about 35, 36 years. 34. 34. You know, we can't speed through it. It's not as if you're uh, 92, you know. Deep breaths. All right, take a deep breath. Let's go back to... Where did you go to university? 
Uh, my first attempt was at University of Canberra. What do you mean first attempt? What happened? Uh, well, I did less than 12 months of, of said arts degree. I, Why? Well, I'd chosen a major in economics. <laughs> I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I thought this would be... I was in Young Labor Party at the time, and I thought economics uh, and uh, politics... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Would be a way Young out. Labor Party. I was in the New South Wales right. When did you join the Young Labor Party? I think when I was in year 10. Year ten. Mm. That's unusual for a year ten. What happened? There was a bit of, a bit of recruitment going on. Yeah. No, I, I I sought them out because I my uh, family were big Labor supporters and yeah, yeah. I was interested in politics and the yeah. ways of the world. And what yeah. interested you in politics? Like because um, like, most teenagers sort of you know don't get politicised that that young. I I don't. You know, I was interested in. I've always been interested in fairness and, you know, right and wrong in the world and, you know, people suffering. Mm. And, and my family were big Labor Party supporters, so I just always supported them and just followed sort of what was happening with mm. Keating and mm. Hawke and all that mm. stuff. You're very lucky that you're actually accepted into the party. You <laughs> yeah. want to hear about my experiences? Did they, did they reject you? Well, in 1966, me and... We were 15. 1966, before you were a twinkle in your parents' eye. How old are you now? How old do you think I am, Rory? 61. Very good, 64, going on to 65. I'm on the way out. Can you carry me out of the studio at the end of the interview? No, 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 you think no. I'm too big for it to carry out? Maybe both of you can carry me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back, 66, because the, the Queensland Labor Party was a law unto itself. This is during the Bielke-Peterson era. They were just a law unto themselves. So we finally found where the... This is 66... You know, things are starting to change. People are starting to talk about Vietnam, conscription, just starting, you know. Mm. So me and a mate, I think we were grade 10 or 11, we found where the Labor Party was based, which was in one of the trade unions Mm -hmm. in Melbourne CBD. We climbed up three stories of rickety stairs, went in and said, we'd like to join the party. And this crusty old bloke who's been there most likely, been an activist in the 1920s for the Mm. Labor Party when they ruled. A Jack Langer? Something no no that he was New South Wales but the, the same milk <laughs> he said piss off he said what do you think this is the kids party piss off this was your attempted Shane Warne moment to equivalent it to my no, life no no we said oh well fair enough fuck <laughs> off yeah. all right yeah that's it that was the end of my my flirtation with the Labor Party but you became a member yeah I was wooed by the New South Wales right um, wooed how did they woo you I found out later like very quickly that um, once this guy from Goulburn had shown an interest. People from Sydney, all of a sudden, these people from Sydney started ringing me and like, "Hey, do you want to come to this thing up in Sydney and right, right. come and meet up with us?" And it turned out to be a factional thing. They wanted to make sure I joined the right and not the left. Is this this a little bit like flirty fishing? What did they put yeah. in front of you? A little bit like that. What did they put in front of you? Young labour, like young labour women, or no? Just nah. you know, friendship and friendship. Come and, even though you're under eighteen, come and hang out at pubs and that'll be great. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was pretty pretty chuffed. And did you, did you work out the difference between the New South Wales right and the New South Wales left? Um, the New South Wales left tended to be saying and voting on the things that I agreed with Um, and like most of the right I was sitting down and pretending that they were unrealistic so I think that was the difference and how long did this last was this all through university no 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 When I when I dropped out of uni, I pretty much dropped out of the Labor Party for a while and went and worked at Woolworths for a bit. So, well, you did the right thing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. took up a management traineeship at Woolworths. So it was great. Management traineeship. What year was this? This was two end of two thousand. A management. Tra- what in God's name made you go and take up a management traineeship? Well, I had friends who were doing it. 
you know, you like friends. I was working casually at Woolworths. A little and bit had... like fighting for, for IS. I got yeah. friends. I got gonna, friends. I'm going to follow my friends to Syria. Same thing, is it? Yeah. I'm going to follow my friends to Coles. Yeah. And they, yeah. they were all doing it. So I, I was like, okay, no worries. Uni's not working out. I will mm-hmm. go and try this. And it was, again, something I did for a few months and then left a, that. A few months. <laughs> yeah, about nine months. What made you leave? I joined the army. <laughs> <laughs> Dale, this is getting... This is fascinating. This is fascinating. What makes you what 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 made you join join the army from there? From was it just not happy with the traineeship? Um, yeah, I mean, I was doing in the I was working in the deli and there was lots of late nights scrubbing chicken fat out of trays. Yeah, oh, oh, it's disgusting. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and people it, complain about the size of the prosciutto. It's yeah, not thick it's enough. Crazy. It's too thin. Well, it was in Dixon in Canberra was where I was working and it was Whoa. quite busy and yeah. there was some upper classy type people who yeah, did complain yeah. a lot about their delicatessen. Yeah. Um, and plus I'd always been interested in the army. It was like, you know, soldiers, are, you know, f- for a lot of my childhood, not, not just in my family, but also in schools and stuff yeah, is a great, yeah. it's a great thing to do, right? You get a job, <laughs> yeah. um, career, prestige, you know, like yeah, lots of, depends on what circle you're in. Yeah. correct, correct. So let's, let's go back to this. You leave Woolworths. Was it an ad that got you sucked in? I mean, that got you interested? I won't use that. Yeah, no, sucked in. No, it wasn't one particular ad. It was just like I was a bit done at Woolworths. I wasn't enjoying life and the army was always there as a good option. So you wander into the recruitment office. What do they say? Um, Yeah, they went and they they were quite happy to have a young white Australian man wanting to join. In fact, very interestingly, this now I remember this, they were like, what job would you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, be in the infantry. And this guy was like, no, 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 like. You're like, you're smart, right? Like, you don't want to be killed. He's like, why, why don't you do signals? Signals. I was like, signals? I have no idea what that is. And he goes, right, I go home. This is before, you know, I don't think I had the internet at home. He's like, go and find the internet yeah. and Google Echelon. Well, the, at the day, it was Yahoo. Yahoo Echelon. Uh-huh. And he said, everything, just about everything you read on that is true. And that's the kind of work you could be doing. So for listeners who don't know what Echelon is, you know, it was the precursor to what the NSA does, sucking up the data, X key score and all that stuff. And uh, this guy was, you know, was like, this is like cutting edge spy stuff that you, you could be, you know, yeah. you could be doing. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was fascinated. I was like, this is great. And, and when you sign up and you pick the job you want to do, Signals was on the, um, the top of the pay grade. So I was yeah. like, great. This is the highest paying job you can come out of recruitment, out of the um, Army Recruiting Centre doing. So, uh, right. So mm. what was the first few months like? Well... So I was actually so by the time I got to Kapuka, it was September two thousand and one. So we went out to do training one night and came back the next morning. And they said there's been a huge terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. You know we're going to war. Yada yada. Put your you're not allowed to have radios, but get your radios out of your of storage and put them on and hear what's going on. And it went from you know the army's a good thing. We go to like East Timor and do nice stuff to. Um, you know, all of a sudden, um, and I, I really hate saying this now, racist language on 3 South, but this is what I was told in the army, you know, the sand diggers, the tailheads are coming over the hill and you can't even load your rifle properly, recruit, you know, rolls or whatever. And it got very, you know, you can only travel around in twos and threes because there's an imminent terrorist attack on uh, Kapuka out near Walker and all this kind of thing. So it went, you know, it got very real very quickly. Um, now, at the time when I signed up, I signed up as reserve, so I didn't actually get to go and do any further training um, until later on I switched over to become an officer. So um, I didn't get... <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on, hang well, on. Well, uh, well, just stop for a second. University, arts degree with major in economics. Well, I dropped out of that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. following this trajectory, all right? This missile's just come out in the last five minutes. 
Then we go traineeship at Coles. Woolworths. 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 My apologies, Woolworths. And now I understand why your share price they're is dropping. They're the same dropping. thing. No. <laughs> no, 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 they're different. They're different. Then you join the army as a single man. Mm. And now you're an officer. Mm. What happened? Officer, trainee officer. So mm-hmm. what? They sent you down to? The Australian Defence Force Academy. Mm-hmm. Where I did two years of an arts degree, so I restarted my uni, which was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, which and the best thing, maybe the only thing I got out out of that, you know, was that it really got me into like, here's how you study, here's what you do, and you know, really disciplined me in studying. It was good for that. Um, so that was obviously two thousand two, two thousand and three, a bit of a uh, bit of a bit of an interesting time in world affairs where. Individually, all my mates would say, "Why are we going to Iraq? Like this mm-hmm. is bad, right?" But as a group, you would be saying, "Yeah, yeah, let's get the terrorists." And I was one of the few people who said, "No, like we all know this is wrong." So in group situations, in you know some not quite official situations, I always regret the day before Australia invaded Iraq. Mm-hmm. We were called into a mysterious church service, like coming in your, your dress ones, go to the church service. And my division was a filler for when John Howard addressed the church to pray for our soldiers. And I always regret that I didn't stand up and say something in the middle yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. So, so what, what made you think in 2003 that invading Iraq wasn't quite kosher? Well, we knew we were going for something connected with 9-11 and there was no... People were like, this isn't what... This had nothing to do with the terrorists that struck the US. Mm -hmm. The US is a long way from Australia uh, and lots of innocent people are going to die. Like, I was... Mm -hmm. We were aware... Like, everyone in the army is aware that you're there to kill people. Yeah. Um, But you try and... You try and sort of say, that's got nothing to do with me deciding who we kill. And you try... And there's a big gulf between what you're there to do and who sends you to do it you know ours is not to reason why just to do and die and i just couldn't accept that i it just didn't compute for me really like in 2003 yes so what happened to your army career uh well i didn't do anything brash like you know leave or protest in my uniform which now I look back and you know wish i had of but i just um you know at the end of two years you got the option to leave if it's not for you and i i didn't went and and you know, went and pursued a teaching career. So, all right, okay. So I just I just resigned at the end of the year and put Did anybody in. ask you why? Um, yeah, you had lots of interviews, and I mm-hmm. spoke about all the stuff and about the culture at Adfa, mm-hmm. which my division sergeant at the time said, "You're right about the culture; it is pretty elitist, and mm-hmm. and we need officers like you." I'm really sad you're leaving. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, and this was the same guy who'd said to me in he knew when he went to Somalia and whenever they went in ninety 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 one mm. and he saw the oil exploration ships as they were as they were flying in, he was like, All right, I know why we're here and he was the one who told me the story. So mm. Mm. you know, like so people know and so he understood. He's like, All right, this is fair enough, this is your decision. So right. mm. look it's four thirty three, this is the Radical Australian Community Radio three C R. Streaming live on three C R dot org dot AU, the Empress Dale Bridge is uh Pushing the buttons and uh, saying uh, saying a few bits and pieces. Uh, our special guest is uh, Greg Rolls with an E, and his friend Rory is here to keep him under control. Now, Rory, he's got another twenty five minutes to go, mate. It's all right. Mm, it's all right. So just relax. We'll we'll finish, mm. and then we'll just ring him out and throw him out. Time it flies. It flies. We've already been a half an it's hour. It's all good. It's all good. Thanks, Rory. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, it's just, you know, he's a hard man because he's done so many things and he's so young and we can't fit him in. Do you think I'm a hard man? <laughs> nah. Yeah, no, thanks. No, no, no. no. Well, I think you're a hard man. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, look, hang on. Arts, school, Coles, Woolworths, Coles, whatever. 
you know, army, single woman, all right, mm. bang, mm. 2003, or was uh, it 2004? Well, start of 2004, I did my last year of my arts degree at ANU. What, they welcomed you back with open Well, I, my first attempt was at the University of Canberra. And what happened? Um, I think I made friends with some people that was really good, who have, uh, you know, I've since lost touch with, but it was a 12-month Finished my arts degree majoring in uh, geography and history. Geography and history. What type mm. of history? Uh, at the time, you didn't actually have to specify, but I did lots of um, ancient stuff. But Ancient stuff? But enough to get... Um, so I did a lot of Russian history as well. I did enough to qualify as a modern history teacher and an ancient history teacher in New South Wales Department of Education, which is so all I wanted So you got to do. a dip ed as well as your... I did that at UC the year after in 2000. Yeah. What's UC University of... University of Canberra. Which was where I did first try. They, right. they, in 2005, they welcomed me back. They're like, obviously, we love you, we love together. You. Yeah. Give us your money. Give us your money. You don't yep. have a hex debt, do you? Uh, I do. I still oh. do. It's all right. I, that, we'll that's... work it out. I think I'll get it out of you somehow, mate, considering what your, your career changes in life. Yeah, no. I mean, you're, not, you're not going to. How many superannuation funds have you got? Uh, a few, but I've got it all in Australian Ethical Super at the moment. So. Oh, oh, sorry, I've got it all in one anonymous ethical super, super. that's in Australia. <laughs> that's right. Not it's in Australia. Yeah, we can't publicize no. 3CR, but it's good to see. I mean, I hate to see all that super dissipated in uh, fees no. and charges. I've been rolling it and been, yeah, yeah but, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, not looking great. As you, see, you see, Dale, this is the new modern human being. You know, they privatise their old age. They've got to pay for their old, <laughs> own old age. I love it. I love super. Mine won't be going very far. No, no. Hopefully, hopefully I've got a couple of cans of Spam once a week and that'll yeah, be it. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully you'll kind of drain I'm the public I'm not planning purse. on old age. No. no. Well, what do you mean you're not planning on old age? I'm not planning on it. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the trouble too is hard. Hey, I wasn't planning on it. It just sneaks up on you. Before you know it, you're old. Mm. This is going to happen to you, Dale. Oh, mate, I'll take, I'll take measures. You'll take measures. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what they all say. All right. So, you actually haven't had a real job yet? No. You actually haven't done anything, have no. you? No. I mean, That's right. you've gone two years officer training, you've gone to university, you've come back to university. I've got to say, I don't even feel like we're on to the good stuff yet. He yeah. does have a girlfriend, though. Does he? He has a girlfriend. Does yes. he? Well, we, I don't want to talk about his girlfriend. I mean, I don't want to embarrass him, Rory. You can embarrass him outside, all right? talk about his girlfriend. No, 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 no. Maybe later on. I'm gonna, I, want to, I want to talk about other things first. So what was your first real job? Well, uh, teaching. So, yeah. Um, you know, I was... Uh, no, the, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Those two years that I was at uni, I was a waiter. I mean... A know, waiter? Yeah. Where were you a waiter? In, in Goulburn at uh, what used to be called the um, Centre Town Lagoon. Now it's called something else. Uh-huh. And the owner there who I had, I would say I had lots of ideological differences is now very famous in Goulburn. She has given lots of free accommodation to refugees fleeing some of the hardest spots in the world. So so you were the bastard and she was the good guy. Uh, that's for the way it turned out. Yeah. But <laughs> I just thought she was someone who yeah. had, you know, I had very, I personally I didn't get along with very well, but we worked well together mm. and turned out she's actually got a very good heart and works very hard for the things that she believes in. So well, anyway, it shows you how, how little you know about human character. Absolutely. It's all that time you spent, you know, trying to get a real job. Now that's let's right. go back to your first real job. Uh, so teaching, uh, so I got a job at a place called Mendoza. Mendoran Central School. Mendoran Central School. You know Mendoran? Oh, it's familiar for some reason. It's, do, you, do, it's, you know, do you know that the Empress was a school mistress? Mm, I'm not well, sure. Well, no, a house mother, wasn't it? A house mother? Mm. At a boarding school. Uh, mm. Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Whereabouts? Up in um, northern New South Wales and up near Armidale. This is similar region. This is 70 kilometres north of Dubbo. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, that's why it's familiar. Yeah, mm. maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. So how did it go? 
I quite liked. It was a very small school. Mm-hmm. I quite liked it. It was also just out of university, probably not the wisest thing to be in your early twenties, going to a tiny town where not you know sort of feels like not much is happening. But you weren't you weren't kind of inducted into the cricket team if you're lustrous cricket. This is where I did play cricket. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I was a you know at that stage I was a, an avid Greens voter and the only Green thing out there the only Green political thing out there were the Nationals who right, right. if you put a stake in the ground and um, call that the Nationals candidate they would get voted in that's right. it was yeah. that kind of place so very conservative yeah, yeah. so how did you go uh, I, I made some good friends um, uh, in future years students who I thought really didn't like me because of the way I was in terms of you know I bring you don't bring politics in the classroom but you make students aware of Cases that are happening, you know, um, and a couple of particular students who I thought really hated me have, you know, now they're all adults, many of them are parents and they've finished uni, um, you know, have messaged me to say, this is what I'm doing, thanks, you know. No, you never know. You, you never don't know. know the influence you have. Mm. I mean, you seem to have that kind of blind spot. You, you work with this woman in Goldburn for two years, don't know she's got a heart of gold. Mm. You've got all these students you think hate you and they say that you're pivotal <laughs> yeah. in, in the path they've taken. Mm. What What's... What's this problem you've got with this yeah. insight? You know, for people around you. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe just working class male, emotional. Um, you know, we don't. But you got a girlfriend already, told me. Yeah, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> right. we don't do emotions that well. I don't know. I'm uh, getting better at right. it. But... So, so, how long does this job last for? Uh, I did that for three years. Three years. Mm, so which? Why'd you leave? Uh, I I wanted to go overseas. And oh, everybody wants to go. Overseas. Everyone wants to go overseas. I ended up. Um, Taking an ill-advised job at Papua New Guinea uh-huh. Where? in 2009, a place called Wabag. Mm-hmm. Where's that? Um, so the Papua New Guineans themselves call Wabag way back. They, they way joke back. about it. It's the capital of anger. Uh-huh. Um, Where's that? What people, part? The what people part? who live in the mountains of, of Papua New Guinea call the Angan people mountain people. Right. It's right. high. It's high. It's up in the middle. Right. So you fly in and fly out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Flew into uh, Mount Hagen and, mm-hmm. and then it's a... Very bumpy, three-hour, ninety-kilometre drive. You didn't run over anybody. No, barely yes. drove there. Right. Got pulled up a couple of times. People asking for donations yes. um, with weapons, but <laughs> they were you? all poor, unemployed people who yeah. just wanted a couple of bucks and got very scared when they realised it was a white person because right. there's a lot of blowback for people, rascals they're called. When what they are are unemployed, desperate people mm. who fix roads and then demand with machetes that you pay them money. And normally, what they get are uh, in that part of the country are rich people. Who, ha- who usually give them a couple of bucks to avoid trouble. And when they got a white person, it was actually quite scary for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a, I, only ended, I only got to do a few months there. It was quite, quite difficult. Why was it difficult? Uh, so when I left, I, got, I was told I'd be given a house and uh, I'd be, uh, you know, um, looked up. When I got over there, I was staying in what I would call a pub. They called it a hostel. Mm-hmm. It was the only place in town that sold alcohol. And... It was a different working environment where you would start work at 6.30, stay till late, and then I'd be going back to this place where people were drinking and partying till all hours of the night. And you'd go down to sort of – they're all friends of the governor. So you'd go down to say, can you guys quieten it down? And they'd laugh. They'd laugh. They'd say, can you go another room? At one point, there was a fight right outside my room, and I sort of said, you promised me a house. You know, I'm I'm stretched thin. I'm I'm dying up here. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a month to give me a house yeah. on the school grounds, which they were totally overpacked, uh, and they didn't. Well, and you left. Yeah. So what was it like? This teaching. Um, well, one thing is they were paying me about four or five times as much as the locals mm-hmm. to do the same job. So that was another reason I was quite happy to not, you know, feel like mm-hmm. I had to stay there. 
Um, the kids were all desperate. They It was a part of the country where their English wasn't great compared to the, the students down in Port Moresby. So they were all desperate to study really hard and get into university, and no one ever did. So their parents put all them... After year nine in Papua New Guinea, you've got to pay lots of fees to go to school, even the public ones. Mm -hmm. So these were kids who were already sort of from the wealthy part, but there was lots of pressure on them to perform well so they could get a job to pay back the family. And these, and they were just, they were so disadvantaged, even within Papua New Guinea, that, um, you know, that all of them missed out. I think there were every, every now and then one or two got in, but it was very hard on them because they're English. In Port Moresby, they'd be studying English from, um, you know, when they were, from when they were babies. Uh, up in up in anger, most of them didn't start speaking English till they're like eight or nine years old. Right, right. So they were very disadvantaged. There was what this structural inequality. Yeah, and there was times where you know there was a landslide around the school, and I took some of the teachers to we drove down to go and have a look and visit some of the relatives, and all the Papua New Guineans. At first, they wanted to attack me because I thought I was from the mining company. Right. It's just down the road from a very large um, mine called Porgera, which mm. is one of the largest gold mines. And uh, they thought I was from the mine and, the, you know, this is the road to the mine, which, you know, wasn't being looked after probably, which caused the landslide, which killed lots of people. Mm-hmm. And it was only when my friends were like, no, he's a teacher, he's here to help, you know, mm-hmm. that everyone calmed down, were happy to have me. But I was still, like I said, getting paid a lot more money than they were. And, mm-hmm. and not do, and I would say I was actually doing a worse job because right. I would speak English naturally, which means I talk at this pace and often they couldn't keep up. Well, I can understand I can't keep up. Sorry. Well, this is, this is the trouble, you know. Here we are. Very slowly. That's better. How long did you last there? I, I left it at about May, I think it was, in 2009. 2009. Mm. We still haven't got a real job. What happened next? Well, I did three years teaching. Yeah, we understand that, but again, you're back into your old habits, you know, three months and you piss off. It's been, been my whole life, you know. So um, what happened after that? Uh, I came back to Australia and uh, got a job in Orange, New South Wales, mm-hmm. um, which I spent... Uh, you're going to love me, Joe. I spent two years there what uh, did you do? teaching high school. Ah, what were you teaching? Geography and history. Oh, and obviously all the students were, loved it. Uh, a lot of them did. Uh-huh. And there were lots of kids who came to school saying, I'm hungry, I haven't had breakfast. And I have to say, look, that's bad luck. Open your history book and do your work. And this was in Orange, was it? Mm. Can you're telling, you're telling me there's structural, that type of structural poverty in Orange, in yeah. regional. Yeah, yeah. Very, there are lots of... Like particularly the side of those two, there's two sides to Orange as there are in lots of country towns, and it was not the side of the well-off. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of kids who were like, you know, from very bad backgrounds who um, weren't interested or engaged in school, and it was your job to try and get their literacy rates up or right. something like that, or right. bore them to death with NAPLAN preparation. Um, and and even even though I'd only been there two years, by the end of the second year, I was head of a department and. Um, there was pressure on me to apply full-time to take the job uh, based on how well I could do this NAPLAN stuff, then, you know, and I hated it. No. I was, like, going to work. Like, I love hanging out with the kids, and I hate what I have to do with them. You're still in New South Wales. Yeah, that's the problem, right? And what happened? Uh, I left and, you know, made, you know, joined a Catholic worker house. Catholic worker house. How does somebody... I mean... Does God play a role in your life? Uh, yeah, at the time I would say I did it because of my faith in Jesus. How long have you had a faith in Jesus, Phil? Uh, shortly after I left the army, I had a conversion experience. Where right. I was what looking was that for. like? What, what happened? I yeah, I've had so many like um, spiritual things after that were more profound. I don't actually remember when I said, "All right, I'm Christian now." Mm. Funnily enough, I was about twenty, um, and yeah, I just um, converted one day. I think I can't remember to any particular. Group of Christians? No, I shopped Christian. around. Shopped around. Nothing really appealed to me, so... So you just said you're a Christian? Yeah. You just had this 
feeling. I want to live like this, yeah. yeah. You know, loving your enemies what? and faith and God and, yeah. Right. Is that, this is what the army does to you. This is what the army does to you. Right. Ironically, uh, uh, you know, my only Facebook friends now with one person I was in the military with is now a chaplain in the army and he hates, hates my stuff. Why? He's, uh, I'm too radical, too extreme. Taking it too I literally. I know how that feels, Gregory. I know that, how that feels. <laughs> You're worrying too much. You're taking it too literally. Yeah, you know. But just remember, telling the radicals are the catalyst for change. Yeah, no radicals, right. no catalyst for change. Mm. Now, going back to this Catholic worker business, mm. um, how'd you find out about it? Um, internet searching. I was, uh, you know, the internet's responsible for a lot of horrible a things. A lot of horrible things. Uh, I was looking for something else in life, um, right. a bit deeper. You know, mm-hmm. I'd sort of gone on and out a few churches where they're like, you know, just get a job and pay a mortgage. And mm-hmm. I was like, but what about war and people dying and poverty? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Jesus will fix it. Don't don't worry. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking at, you know, intentional community and um, and uh, what's an intentional community? People choosing to live together. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, it's about personal spiritual growth, but also um, sharing resources so you don't have much of an impact on the earth, so you lessen the fuel for war. Mm-hmm. And there, were, what, there's a, there was a strain in the Catholic Church, was there? No, so it's not actually part of the Catholic Church. Right. Tell it, us about Catholic work. It was said. founded in the 20s, um, actually, sorry, 33, I think, was the first Catholic worker house mm-hmm. uh, by a woman called Dorothy Day, <clears throat> who was selling a newspaper at the time called The Catholic Worker because most of the people in New York were uh, who were poor were working and were Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, and the joke amongst Catholic worker people these days is the people who live there are neither Catholic and they don't work. So, right. um, yeah, so uh, that, that was an intentional community where people lived alongside those who were unemployed, were otherwise impoverished and poor. And, and how many Catholic worker communities are there in, in, in Australia? In know? Australia, yeah. there's just one. One? In, in Brisbane. Mm. In Brisbane. Mm. So you went to Brisbane? Yep. And how long did you last there for? Because uh, you're in Melbourne now, I, I understand. So well, obviously it didn't actually kind of fulfil your expectations. It was great. I, we it lived in a house for a few years. And what, I, you, you were expelled or something? No, I came down for a peace protest in 2012. Hang on. So how and long were you in the Catholic worker in Brisbane? T- uh, well, I lived there in three years in total. Yeah, look, I know the people from Catholic Worker. Yeah. They're neither Christian nor workers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know I know that group of people. They've been around for a long time. They have. Over 30 years. Yes. They beat ploughs. They beat weapons into, into ploughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know that group. I know that group. That vision. Very radical. Yeah. You would have felt at home there. Yes. So in 2012, great. you came down here for a peace protest. Yes. And what happened? Uh, so it was the Spine Island Peace Convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was fantastic. Um, it was the first time I'd put myself in an arrestable position, mm-hmm. but they didn't arrest and they blockaded. Uh, and amongst all the many awesome people who were there was a woman called Jessica. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jessica was this, uh, do you know Jess, Rory? Yes. <laughs> Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, Jess, Jess was a, you know, pretty driven, uh, passionate, redheaded woman, uh, rolling around, Excuse uh, me. Very interested in the things that I was. We don't want to go down that it's, path. It's not, it's not all about, you know, rolling around, walking yeah, but, the but streets. Again, again, you've told me nothing. Yeah, this is flirty fishing. <laughs> I mean, here you are. I, I believe another, the, another young I, person being led astray by love into radical activity. I, I mean, believe I mean, in the activist movement it's called horizontal recruitment. No, 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 no. We don't do horizontal recruitment. Flirty fishing. So, yes. 
so you decided to stay in Melbourne? Well, we did long distance for a while, and uh-huh. then I, I came down after about a year and a half. Yeah. So what, in two, late 2013? Or? I think so, yeah, that, about mm-hmm. the end of that. Mm-hmm. I finished my master's in Excuse Brisbane. Me. Well, I Master's? Yes. Master's in what? Uh, Peace and Conflict Studies, International Relations. Where did you do that? University of Queensland. And they actually accepted it? Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> They've gone a long way since my days. When, when, before I started that, that, that course, I thought the world was overpopulated and we yeah. needed to, you know, watch. And then I left it going, wow, that's all like the patriarchy. So it was yeah. actually a very awesome course for me to do. Right, right. Really but see, you didn't do any uh, master's by, it was coursework. Yeah, right? I did coursework. I hadn't coursework. studied for 10 years. Right, and, so it's yeah. all coursework. Yeah. All right, you love calls, back to Melbourne. Mm. What did you do? I uh, lived out at Jembrook Retreat. What's, what's Jembrook Retreat? So Jembrook is a town right on the edge of the greater city of Melbourne and there's a retreat there, again, a mob of people who do intentional community. They're not mm-hmm. Catholic worker, but mm-hmm. they're very similar. And they run retreat spaces for people who live in the city and want a break or people looking for spiritual nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I lived there for about two years. Um, well, you're a part of the, that community, yeah, working in that community. Yeah, helping More. look after it. I did a bit of casual teaching. Right. What was your role in the community? Um, you know, I helped clean the space. If people came up to the house wanting company, I'd host them and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I worked yeah. on the land a bit. I did a bit of casual teaching and tried to squeeze some um, anti-war activism in as well. Yeah, how long did that last? Um, I lived there for, I was more than two years. Um, and then Jess and I have moved into town. We like being close to town and a bit more connected to things. So into town, into the city, into the city, yes, Melbourne city. Yes. Pretty Sick close. of the rural life. Sick the of the busy life. rural friend. Well, this is the thing with people who live in the city, mate. Like, um, mate, um, is mate, you can be just as busy in the country. You, yeah. you can go, I'm going to the country for a quiet thing. And then there's 10,000 tons of Blackberry to clear. Like, yeah. which isn't pleasant. No. No, it's not. Especially if you haven't got long leather gloves. That's right. Or welding gloves. I can tell That's you. That's what you need. Yeah. yeah. So what are you doing now? Um, so now I spend my time with uh, the Lash community. The what? Lash. It's How do you spell that? L apostrophe A-R-C-H-E. I'll go there. Uh-huh, right. We're always part of the community too. So what's the Lash community? Uh, it's French for the Ark. And the Ark. Yeah. Right. And it was started in the 1960s by uh, a guy called Jean Vanier. Mm-hmm. And he was moved by the idea of instead of um, he he was visiting people in institutions who had disabilities, intellectual and physical, mm-hmm. and was moved that this was a like living in institutions is bad. So he invited two of them to live in a community with himself and another priest, and it evolved from there to this idea that people should live together and share the vulnerabilities together. Um, so it's about the needs of people with needs, but it's also about the, so I'm an assistant at Lash. It's also about our needs as well. You're an assistant. What do you do? Uh, basically I spend time with the people who live there full time. Well, you get paid for that. Yes. Yeah. For spending time with people who live there. Yeah. Great job. So it's like a caring position, yeah. sort of like, uh, well, if it was more formalised in the city, it's sort of like be assisted accommodation. So Does he? <laughs> we, go, we go to the swimming pool. Does he does he do a good job, Rory? We go swimming. Does he do a good job, Rory? Yes. You reckon he does a good job? We go to the movies. Right. What else do you do? Go to the pool. Yeah, come close to the microphone so you can share. So what do, go, what, what do you do with uh, with Greg? Well, we go swimming. Right. We go to the movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> dinner. We cook dinner. Right. We hang out at a restaurant called Credo. We go running. Hang on. What's the restaurant called? Oh, Credo. Credo. Where's that? In Collins Street. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you Collins don't sell Street drugs Baptist. there, do you? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Right. okay. <laughs> All right. 
It's it's part Crudo's part of another thing called um, Urban Seed, which is an intentional community in the city, and they do they run this great little cafe there at the bottom. But on Tuesdays from nine thirty, you can go and have a cuppa and hang out with people. It's really awesome. And you go to the football and sounds great. It's pretty awesome. Is is he a good good person to have around? At the football, he's a bit quiet. He's quiet, is he? Well, he doesn't he doesn't like it, does he? He's not loud enough. <laughs> At he, the cricket, he can't stop talking. That's right. Because he doesn't know the rules of the football. You've got to teach him, Rory. Why is he it, doesn't know the rules. Why is everyone knocking the ball on Rory? <laughs> he, oh, come on. Knocking the ball. Now, you got any plans for the future? Um, so, at the moment, yeah. Like, I'm really enjoying my time with Lush and I want to stay there for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I've been involved. You know, like we've got five minutes to go, so let's talk about my peace activism, which I want to keep doing. At the moment, we're doing a campaign where we're running regular blockades of a company out at Dandenong called Lidos, mm-hmm. which is a huge part of the, the system which monitors all our phone calls and internet conversations and does drone targeting. And they've got a huge data center at Lidos. And every now and then, my friend Shane and I, we go and we sit in the driveway and say, you can't come to work today. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Um, well, so far, we haven't been arrested because the police keep turning up. And um, uh, just pushing us out of the way until they can get the workers in. Sometimes they'll wait hours and they'll just push until when we don't go on our own, they just push us out of the way. Mm. They threaten to arrest, they threaten to arrest, and they'll drag us out of the way, yeah. pin you us know, down. You know why? You know why? They don't want attention. No, 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 no. no. I'm too a... heavy? No. Well, you are heavy. But compared to me, you're a lightweight. Because the police have got to pay for the prosecution. Mm. And if they lose the case... Big bickies, and it's a, it's a budgetary constraint. So this is something protesters need to remember. If um, just if if a listener was curious um, as to how to get involved and, and to take part in these actions, um, is there any way that people can sort of uh, find hmm. out when you're doing these actions? Or? Yeah, uh, I mean, at the moment we're we're until we there's a Swan Island peace convergence happening again. In the twenty six uh, from the twenty sixth of September, I think is the date. Mm-hmm. I can put that up on the Radical Radio. I'll like actually the play the. Uh, I'll play the. the um, well, this is one in Alice Springs, and this is one we're doing down here as a sister kind of like we. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'll play the um announcement? CS, the announcement for it as as we leave. Today. Yeah. We leave, so that's yeah. the Pine Gap. That's which I've been trying to help organise the Disarm Collective Close Pine Gap, mm-hmm. which is a really important, phenomenal bit of work that people should get up to Alice to do. Um, but Lidos is one of the largest employees, employees at Pine Gap. And so part of, so last year I did Talisman Sabre, which took lots of my energy and time to organize. Um, and I was a bit burnt out on that and organizing. So my friend and I are just like, let's just turn up and blockade. Like why burn ourselves out when we can just go and use our bodies to peacefully, nonviolently say, you can't go to war. There's kids in Yemen being killed. We don't want that happening here. So um, and we just slow them down as best we can, and that's all any of us can do. And it's there's nothing, there's no feeling on earth like knowing you can use yourself to save lives in a way that's loving and peaceful towards mm. the people who are doing it. And, and you expect to be doing this type of activity for life? Uh, I think, yes. I mean, I, I need to make sure that I sustain myself and that I can be doing it when I'm your age. But I would, I would love to, I would love to, you know, and and much older. You know, Thank you. When, I, when, <laughs> when I'm middle aged, but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to uh, I'm yeah. hoping to keep doing it for life. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rory. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we only did part one, Joe. Yeah. Like I've got so much more to talk about. Well, it's always like that. It's always like that. We may bring you back in six months, and then we can talk about the activities. Christian you've been peacemaker in. teams I'm involved in who yeah. are in Hebron. Anyway, yeah. yeah, we can do all that. I mean, it's all right. We and bring, your involvement in three CR. We bring three CR yeah, is my other job, yeah, which we, I love. We, Monday we, breakfast. Tune we, in. we have to 
you know, just create the scene. And the and radioactive you, show, Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, and if you're interesting enough, we'll bring you back. You've got to be interesting enough. So I'm we'll, too young, apparently. Well, no, 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 no. You've done all right, son. You've done all right, son. We'll, we'll make you an ornery old person. See, the, if, like I'd stay, if I'd stayed in a real job for more than, you know, a couple of years, I wouldn't be able to come on the show, right? Yes, you would have. Yes, you would have. You're taking the afternoon off. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for thank having me. Thank you, Rory, me. for coming in and looking after Greg. And uh, thank you very much for uh, coming in, Mr. Greg Cole, C-O-L-L-E-S. Any websites or things, people, phone uh, numbers? Yep, what? so my name is Greg Rolls, R-O-L-L-E-S. Um, and I've, I've got a blog. It's uh, Greg's Roll, G-R-E-G-S-R-O-L-E.com. You can look at it. Uh, mainly what I'm doing at the moment, though, is just podcasting my radio shows. But still, it's good to you can download and have a listen to all the stuff. And I've got a great interview coming up with Marty Brennigan about the links between militarism and climate change on a future radioactive show, which people should tune into. Great. Thank you very much. And we will bring you back. Which base provides key information for every US drone strike, played a crucial role in Iraq and Afghanistan wars, as well as providing targeting and surveillance information for the Israeli Defence Force? Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. It's the Pine Gap Joint Defence Facility, located just 20 kilometres from Alice Springs on Aranda Country, and this year marks 50 years of its inglorious existence. Come and join the Closed Pine Gap protest near the gates of the base from September 26 to 30th. For all the details, head to closedpinegap.org. Get in quick to book your early bird bus ticket from Melbourne for just $200 return. That's closedpinegap.org. See you there. Closed Pine Gap is a 3CR supporter. is terrorism? Star Wars. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows.